0: Learn more at Marines.com. It's not easy getting to know someone in a losing setting. Everything is all quiet. Everyone's tiptoeing all over the place, and that goes double for the rookies. Yes, even in this particular team's world. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning from Milwaukee. I'm Dan Kovachich of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins that I hope you'll check out. One last day for me in, in Milwaukee. I'll be flying home a little bit later this morning. The Pirates lost. What well, was the score of that game? 6-1 to one yesterday. Uh, It never felt like it was even remotely interesting because the bats didn't come to play. The bats usually don't come to play. Zach Thompson looked really good for four innings, and I'm not saying that in a deprecating way. That was impressive. Mixed his cutter, mixed his curve, went back and forth actually between the two. We were talking about it after the game. Um, Started to look like he might bounce back to where he was in May or so. We'll see where that goes. Ben Gamble's solo homer was all the offense and blah, blah, blah. I I got to know on this trip here O'Neal Cruz better than I feel I'd had a chance to know him before. First of all, because of the pandemic. And secondly, the way his spring training went, he kind of stayed with the Latin American guys didn't migrate from them much in the clubhouse at Lee Com Park. And then just around the time he started getting comfortable, maybe even a little confident, that he'd make the roster he was sent out. And then he comes back, and the team is an absolute train wreck, as it's been ever since the All-Star break. And it's just not conducive. You know, at it, it, PNC Park, for example, there's a lot of reporters, a lot of cameras and microphones still even now, particularly on the weekdays when they don't have to be over covering the Steelers. And I'd really looked forward on this trip to trying to get a way to know him at least a little bit better. And I feel like that happened. And I feel like I understand him Way, way better than I did before. Nowhere near where I need to for someone covering the team, but definitely an upgrade. And here is what is the dominant impression that he's left on me. He believes in a non-cocky way that he should be great at this game that he shouldn't take a back seat to anybody in this game. And I got to tell you, my friends, that's a hell of a foundation for an extraordinary young athlete like him to have mentally. This portion of daily shot of pirates is brought to you by our friends at North shore Tavern. That's directly across federal street from PNC park. It's home of steak on a stone and eating experience underscoring the word experience the steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800 degree stone and you do the rest it's a ton of fun it's a great meal and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in pittsburgh north shore tavern right across federal street from pnc park the thing with Cruz that jumps out at you when you watch him from afar is that he can do things that other humans can't uh, you can say all you want about exit velocity, making too much of it, it's just math. Whichever you know, approach you want to take to that particular discussion, that one doesn't interest me all that much. Exit velocity is just how hard you hit the ball. We can talk about pitching velocity and nobody says anything about exit velocity. It's like, whoa, PR spin or whatever. He hits the ball unbelievably hard. He throws the ball unbelievably hard. He runs unbelievably fast. And because of his size and his long legs and everything else here, he covers an unbelievable amount of ground, as he showed here again yesterday with this amazing, probably underappreciated, I'm guessing, based on that I didn't see it really go viral anywhere on social media, catch that he made clear out in center field. Clear out in center field. I, I don't know what Greg Allen was doing, if he was checking out Bernie Brewer on the slide or something, but he was late to get to the ball. And Cruz comes way out there and gets under it basket style, uh, Willie Mays style, really, really impressive. He also made another one of those annoying throwing errors. Cost the Pirates a run. He also didn't have a particularly great day at the plate after having had a really, really good one. But through that, through that, he doesn't change. And that's the part that I've appreciated the most about him and watching him and being around him and communicating with him over these three days. He doesn't change. His own expectations of himself don't change. He doesn't think he's any worse when he has an over five day. He doesn't think he's any worse when he throws the ball away. Because he gets, and rightly so, that the double play that he turned to win the game the previous night was something that other humans can't do. And being humble about that wouldn't really make much sense. In fact, I'd think it would kind of backfire on you. Believe you me, if I could do the stuff that Cruz can do on a baseball field, I would think a lot of myself, okay? A lot more than I currently do. I would think that I am all that and that the sky is the limit and all I need to do is to keep playing and keep working. Cruz's English is not great. He'll get it. He'll nod. He'll kind of cringe a little bit when he's not getting it. But the one word that he uses more than any other is working. He talks a lot about working, working, working. Whatever it is that comes up related to baseball, he'll say working. And everything that I've seen with my own eyes and how he carries himself off the field is that that's what he's doing. Yeah, he's got all these God-given gifts. But if you don't work, especially in an unforgiving sport like baseball, it's not going to matter much. He wants it to matter. He wants it to matter in the worst way. So please do me, just, just between you and me, do me a favor. Don't compare him to players from the past when you see him screw up. Unless you know about those players from the past and what might or might not be different between them and him. This kid is something else. He really is. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Matt, who asks, Does any of the Pirates' lack of hitting fall on the shoulders of Derek Shelton? His trade was as a hitting coach before becoming a bench coach and then a manager. If so, why should we have confidence in him going forward? Clearly, if he had answers, he'd have fixed it. Eh, Oversimplification there on your part. You kind of had me until the the very end there. There isn't anybody who can just snap their fingers and quote-unquote fix it. One of the reasons that I'm as critical of Andy Haynes, the actual hitting coach, as I've been is that the Pirates can't have this discussion both ways. They can't say on one hand, we're really good at evaluating talent and we believe in the players that we have and then say in the next breath that Haynes is doing awesome. I mean, one of the two is clearly flawed. We are looking at the worst offense in franchise history. That sounds over the top, I've got numbers to support it. This team's current cumulative batting average is 219 and change. The last time that the Pirates hit 219 over the course of a full season was in 190. never. It's never happened. Not even the 1890 Pittsburgh Alleghenies, the worst team in franchise history now and forever with that 167 winning percentage. Those dudes, those part-time coal miner dudes, hit two thirty while winning a grand total of 21 games. This is, I think, as bad as it gets. And the reason I say I think is because I don't know how much worse it might get next year if nothing changes on this front. Either Charrington and his people become a lot better at finding actual hitters, or... You're going to get yourself a different hitting coach. I mean, you can look at the lesser examples like the Yu Changs and the Yoshis and so forth. And Chang, by the way, started hitting as soon as he left, as everyone knew he would once he got to the Rays, because the Rays know what they're doing. The Rays have people who know what they're doing. But what gets me way more than that is when you see Brian Reynolds, Brian Hayes, it's just a cross the board everybody took a step down or several steps down and they're not hitting the ball as hard key in particular is the one right now who just can't make anything other than soft contact and it looks like to be honest with you as if he's confused when he's up at the plate if they're jamming him he's trying to go oppo instead of pulling it uh, he takes swings that seem uncertain and they end up being these half-hearted pop-ups. And there's just nothing really going on there at the plate for him. He almost looks, boy, I, I, I'm trying to use this term advisedly here. He almost looks weak. Like you're just not expecting something to explode off his bat at any point. I'm not avoiding your question, I swear. I have asked Shelton directly to what extent he is involved in the hitting. His predecessor, Clint Hurdle, also was a hitting coach by trade before he became a manager, and Clint would just state it openly. I'm very involved in the hitting, he'd say, and he would be. He would be right behind the cage, right next to the hitting coach, one foot up on that big wheel that's in the back of those cages and not taking his eye off a single hitter. And then he'd get involved in the video room and he'd leave the actual dissemination of the information to the hitting coach. But Clint was really, really involved. I've not gotten the sense that Shelton is to that extent, but he has acknowledged being in discussions about hitting and being way more comfortable in those discussions than he is in any that have to do with pitching, fielding and everything else. To what extent would you blame Shelton for this? That's a tough, tough, tough thing to answer without actually being, you know, shuttered up in a room with those guys or anything like that. No one's going to give you the inside details like that, including the manager himself. But to your final point, the one that made me kind of cringe a little bit here, you're not pinning hitting woes on a manager. Uh, There's no scenario in which that would happen uh, in Pittsburgh or anywhere. The hitting is the domain of the hitting coach. And when I say the hitting, I mean the hitting at the major league level, but also all the way down the way Ben Charrington has everything structured. He wants that to be the domain of the hitting coach and also the pitching to be the domain of the pitching coach the whole way down. So, no, the manager is the field manager. The manager is the one that's, you know, running the games and so forth so no that 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 wouldn't be connected but it's certainly a fair point to bring up that nobody nobody seems to have answers for these guys i appreciate the question i appreciate everyone listening to daily shot of pirates let's do another one tomorrow